Good morning, and welcome to Litchfield United Church of Christ's podcast. Today is Sunday, June 14th, 2020. I ask now that you join me in our opening prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather together and come into agreement in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Where two or more are gathered there, you'll be in the midst of us, and anything we agree upon as touching, you will surely do. Father, in Jesus' name, there is no distance in the Spirit, and we thank you for the listener who desires a prayer for witness and sowing the seed of the gospel. Lord, there is so much power in the gospel. You said that your word is like a seed, and that seed has amazing power within it to create abundant fruit. Whether it's a large group or just one person, the listener recognizes that witnessing is important on all levels. Forgive them, Lord, if they have ever looked at a group or individual as not worth witnessing to and sowing the precious seed of the gospel. In Jesus' name, prepare them now, Father, for their next divine encounter. Glory to your name. Whether they'll be sowing a seed or reaping a harvest, they'll be ready because you live in them. Together in prayer, we recognize that the seed they sow into a person's heart has tremendous power to produce abundant fruit that can bring about changing the world. Please give them greater revelation that every single time they share your word, a seed is planted in that person's heart and mind. That seed has the power to dramatically change their life, family, friends, and so much more. We decree and declare that every person they reach and get saved has the potential of taking the good news even further, thus creating a larger harvest for you, Father. Hallelujah. We declare an increase in boldness for the listener right now. Yes, whenever they see an open door of opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will. Give them the words to say and the actions to take in Jesus' name. We believe and receive everything we've prayed and give you glory in advance for this prayer is answered. Father, please keep all those in our hearts and minds wrapped in your safe and secure arms. Help us to remember, Lord, as we go about our lives, the people that are hurting and suffering. Help us to be a voice for those without one, and help us to be a light when the path is dark. Thank you for the gifts that you give to us each and every day, for all we have, homes, food, clothing, and love. Thank you for the sacrifice you made for us, and for gifting us with your kindness, wisdom, forgiveness, and strength. In the wonderful and precious name of Jesus, we pray, speaking the words he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through chapter 10, verse 8. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. May God bless the reading of our scripture. In Acts 10.38, Peter described the life of Jesus by saying, He went about doing good. If one described the life of too many Christians today, however, he would have to say, He simply went about. This isn't as it should be, for the Bible says we are sent into this world, even as Jesus had been sent by the Father. We're called to be the body of Christ at work in this world for him. But look at the church today. Ask the questions from the Casting Crown song, but if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? Believers are to go as Jesus went which means we need to see as Jesus saw. Jesus saw beyond people's facade to recognize their true need. They were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. We too need to recognize the lostness of those around us. If all the unredeemed people in the world were lined up in a single file, that line would circle the planet 30 times. That line would grow at a rate of 20 miles a day. If you traveled beside that line at a speed of 50 miles per hour for 10 hours each day, it would take you four years to reach the end. 
and by the time you reached the end, the line would have grown to be 50,000 miles longer. Chuck Lawless of Southern Seminary said, A single 30-minute sermon is more time in the Word than 3 billion-plus people in the world have had engaging the Word in their entire lifetime. And all those people are helpless and harassed, like sheep without a shepherd. Furthermore, they are searching. We might be surprised to discover who among those who don't know Christ would respond to an invitation to know him and serve him. According to a Gallup poll, there are at least 160 million non-Christians in the United States. Of this 160 million, 80 million said they would be open to hearing more about the Christian message from a Christian and could possibly see themselves becoming a Christian themselves. We need to see as Jesus saw, recognizing the number of lost people about us and that are ready to respond to the good news if given an opportunity, and God calls us to make sure they have that opportunity. We need to feel as Jesus felt. It is estimated that more than 150,000 people around the world die each day. Based on the lostness of the world, we can assume that most of these people do not know Jesus. This fact should break us and move us. Jesus had compassion for the people who were lost without him. The Webster Dictionary defines compassion as sympathetic consciousness of another's distress together with a desire to alleviate it. If we are going to feel about those who don't know Christ in the way Jesus feels about them, we will care to the point that we cannot help but get involved in their lives. Loving the lost is the first step in leading them to Christ. Theodore Kyler, a Presbyterian minister, was inspired by the life of Robert Murray McShane. He wanted to know all he could about him. He once asked an elderly man who knew McShane, Can you tell me some of the texts or outstanding quotations he used? The man said, I'm sorry, I don't remember any. Kyler then asked, Don't you remember anything about him? Oh, that's a different question, said the gray-haired Christian. I'll never forget the time McShane came to our home to visit when I was just a lad. He said to me, Jamie, I've come to see your sister. Then he looked into my eyes and added with deep emotion, And Jamie, I'm very concerned about your soul. I've forgotten his sermons, but I can still feel the tremble of his hand and see the tears in his eyes. His concern for my soul resulted in my conversion. God could have chosen other methods to spread his message, and probably they would have been more effective. Angels could have done a better job. But God chose saved people to tell lost people his message. I did not cease a night or day to warn everyone with tears,
And now I commend you to God and to the message of grace, a message that is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all who are sanctified. That's what reads in Acts 20, verses 31 through 32. When was the last time we wept over our unsaved family and friends? We need to pray as Jesus prayed. As we pray, let us recognize that God is the one in charge. God is the one who directs us. We are his laborers. We need to ask God to use us as his instruments to reap his harvest. We need to use the be attitudes of witnessing. One, be praying. Two, be available. Three, be ready. Four, be expectant. First Peter 3.15 reads, Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you that you have. We have no right to pray for God to send out laborers if we aren't willing to be sent out ourselves. We are called to be co-laborers with God. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 reads, For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. We need to not only do as we say, but do as we pray. We must pray for the salvation of the lost, but also be willing to be used to reach them, for either we're drawing people to Christ or turning people away. Matthew 12.30 reads, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. The magazine Christianity Today reported that in 2013, the U.S. sent out and received more missionaries than any other country. In some ways, other believers around the world recognize our lostness more than we do. Tom Rayner, CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources, says between 8,000 and 10,000 churches close each year. What can turn it around? We can turn it around. Philemon verse 6 says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we do for Christ. We need to do as Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Jesus got involved in the lives of people. Likewise, you and I need to get out of our comfort zone and reach out to people where they are, in confusion, in despair, in sin, and share with them the truth about how Jesus Christ can set them free. Christian author and church growth expert Kenan Callahan points out our God is one who visits. He points to Luke 1, which says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He says, God has got to get personal with us in order to redeem us. Likewise, we need to get personal with non-believers 
in order to share with them about that redemption. Dave DeVries is the founder of a minister called The Missional Challenge. Their mission statement is aligning every believer with the redemptive mission of Jesus. Dave says, I think there are a lot of Christians that are choosing to be Jesus's hands and serve like Jesus and to be Jesus's feet and go where Jesus would go. This is fantastic. And we need more Christians to stop thinking it's enough to go to church on Sunday and hang out with other Christians. Followers of Jesus need to head out and truly follow Jesus into the darkness of the world to tangibly meet needs. But that's not enough. To be Jesus to those in the culture around you, you must also choose to be the voice of Jesus. This requires saying what Jesus would say. I used to hear Christians say, I witness with my life. That statement became an excuse for not sharing the message of the gospel or calling sinners to repent and believe. Is that what Jesus did? Did he just go where the hurting people were and serve them? No, he actually called people to follow him. He directed them to repent, to turn from their sin. He literally said, go and sin no more. I think it's time for Christians to incarnate the gospel by being Jesus' hands, feet, and voice. How are we going to help people discover the truth that will set them free? By realizing that we must not only commit to using our hands to serve and our feet to go, but our voice to speak the good news, to make a conscious effort to share the gospel with them. Let's be the body. Let's commit ourselves to seeing others as Jesus saw them, feeling about others as Jesus felt for them, praying for others as Jesus prayed for them, and doing as Jesus did. Teresa of Avila wrote, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Let's be the body for the sake of Christ's work and for the sake of a lost, scared, and hurting world. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Please join me now in our closing benediction. Keep, O Lord, we beseech thee, thy household, the church, and thy steadfast faith and love, that by the help of thy grace we may proclaim thy truth with boldness and minister thy justice with compassion for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Um,